The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Thursday morning to you, February 29th, 7 a.m. Brenda and Eric with you this morning on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning on a bonus day in February. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Brenda. Happy Leap Day to you. Happy Leap Day to you. So every four years, we get this bonus day in February. All right, back to school with you, Eric. Why? For our listeners, do we have a leap day every four years? We have, so because bonus time, right? So every year there's like eh, about a quarter of a day that kind of goes unaccounted for. And so every four years, in order to not end up having Christmas in July, literally, because that is what would happen, uh, we need to recoup that kind of lost time, so to speak, by adding an extra day in February, the shortest of all the months. So February 29th is what we get. And I know a guy, actually, who I graduated high school with. Uh, he was a good buddy of mine. And his birthday's today. So congratulations to him. He's turning five. <laughs> uh, and so that was funny because uh, back in 2016, he was... No, actually, he's turning six because six. he turned four back in, in 2016. And okay. so that was, oh, that was so funny. Nice. Uh, I also, it's interesting because there's not many of them around, at least according to statistics, there's about worldwide 5 million people who have a birthday on February 29th. I also have a friend whose birthday is today. He is 12 today. Uh, congratulations. So wishing him a very happy birthday. And you're right about that quarter day. And in fact, a calendar year 365 days, but a solar year. So that means the trip around the sun. How long does it take Earth to get there? It's 365 days point two four. four. Yeah, just two about four, two, four, five. two five. Yeah. Depends on how you round it. Yeah. It's, and speaking of Calendar, I saw this really funny thing online a few days ago uh, because I'm a young person and I'm always on my phone, but it was a really funny, someone posted complaining about that November, uh, so that October, November, and December are not the eighth, ninth, and tenth months of the calendar, respectively, because of, because, you know, Nov means nine. Oh, Octo is to eight. The... Right. And so they were complaining about that and were saying like, man, you know, like I have some strong words for whoever it is that did that. <laughs> and then someone conveniently reminded them that it was Julius Caesar who did okay. that. And uh, well, Brutus had some strong words Et with tu, him too. Yeah. <laughs> to Brute. Yes. Well, that was difficult. I remember a story too of the Gregorian calendar that making a shift. And there was something about the sunset coming through the window on certain days of the year. And they were noticing in the church that on the same day each year, it wasn't falling in the middle of the window the way that it had been designed and so that's when they were also realizing that yeah something's not quite adding up so and it seems like all we i mean we're gregorian calendar all of the different calendars around the world all have um a, a, the appearance of a leap day or an extra day they just not all use them in our february gregorian day so there you go and then one other little bit of information that a person born on leap day february 29th 
They're called leaplings. Leaplings. You're a leapling if you are born today. Isn't that, that a good word? That is such an adorable nickname. I, I love, love it. that. Yeah. So happy birthday, little leaplings. Uh, happy enjoy birthday, leaplings. your day. But we do have some important news to get to, too. And we're going to talk more about this throughout the show. A frightening morning yesterday at the Grotto. There was an intruder that made their way over to the Servite's home and monastery, broke in. In fact, went face to face with one of the priests there before they barricaded themselves into one of the priest's bedroom. So lots of damage. How frightening of a situation. Yeah, absolutely. Just really awful story. We're going to have continuing coverage of that this morning uh, as the Grotto are really good friends of ours. So we're definitely praying for them. But thankfully, I've heard that Upper Gardens largely unaffected by this and they have finally cleaned up from that big storm last month. So all plans are still going ahead this weekend. Visit the Upper Gardens, please. Support the Grotto in their 100th year as they're now dealing with yet another setback this year. Absolutely. And again, so sad to hear that. We'll talk more about that. I know Chris Blanchard has been making rounds on the news, and so we'll get a little update from uh, that news story coming up. And also, we're going to talk a little bit more about Pope Francis. Now, we haven't had any updates on his health, but according to the Vatican liturgical offices, they expect him to be just fine for Holy week he has a really really full schedule so, i bet so do all of our local priests as well <laughs> so please keep our clergy in your prayers as they enter into this very busy liturgical season all right eric well let's get this leap day underway we're going to start the show today with father rob galia no greater love and you are listening to the morning blend right here at mater day radio i hope isn't you alone strong tower and endless grace you remain always the bright morning star even though you know exactly who we are nothing's gonna bring us down
Here at Mater Day Radio, that's Father Rob Galia. It's 7.09, and coming up next, we've got Scott Weedman from Catholic in Recovery talking all about an amazing group of people that can help you divest yourself from unhealthy attachments. I can't think of a better project to get underway during Lent. So we have that coming up. And that should be a really edifying conversation coming up after we check that wet weather forecast here at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer thee the precious blood of Jesus from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Grow closer to the Lord through Mater Dei Radio's Lenten Challenge. Between now and Easter Sunday, resolve to listen to our dynamic Catholic programming more frequently. If you already listen for an hour a day, make it two. Listening for two hours, make it three. Whatever length you spend listening to Mater Dei Radio and the Hail Mary Media app, increase that time throughout the Lenten season. 
The results might surprise you. Not only do we bring you the best of local and national Catholic shows, Day Radio is also teaming up with Ave Maria Press this Lent to bring you the dynamic series Made for Heaven. Join Father Augustino Torres on a multimedia journey inspired by St. Francis. Free your heart from the desert of sin and open it up to love for others in the glory of Easter. You are made for heaven, so grow closer to Christ and take the Lenten challenge now on the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 712 here at Mater Day Radio. High of 43, low of 34 today. Rain all day. It's even possible we might get some of that rain and snow mix throughout the morning, especially up here in the Sylvan Hills. No accumulations expected, though. Thunderstorms possible as we head into the evening hours. Rain through the rest of the week with more of that rain-snow mix possible Friday night, even on our weekend. Okay, be ready for that. Currently it is 42 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it's 39 degrees with rain at St. Mary's in Eugene. I'm excited to welcome to the Morning Blend Scott Weeman. He is the founder of Catholic in Recovery, who has several chapters operating here in the area. Scott, it's an honor to have you with us here today. And to begin, tell us a little bit about Catholic in Recovery for those who don't know about the organization. And how does it differ from other 12-step type programs? Thank you, Pat. Thanks for the invitation to join your show. Grateful to share a message of hope. Catholic in Recovery is a community of men and women who seek freedom from a variety of addictions, compulsions, and unhealthy attachments, alcoholism, drug addiction, compulsive eating behaviors, compulsive overeating or restricted eating, gambling addiction, uh, pornography and lust addiction, codependency, technology addiction, you name it. We provide uh, a means or a pathway towards freedom, really by, again, freedom, faith, and fellowship are some primary pillars of our community. And we use the similar principles to what you'll find in 12-step addiction recovery. Alcoholics Anonymous is a 12-step group started in the 1930s. And in, as it was forming, actually had great Catholic influence, uh, the likes of Father Ed Dowling and Sister Ignatia. And so we, we really use the same 12 steps as if you overlap them with the sacraments of the Catholic faith, you'll find some great consistencies there. But really to provide a fellowship for people where they can find meetings. There are several throughout the, the Archdiocese of Portland and is a place where those who are have found freedom from addiction, a variety of addictions, share experience, strength, and hope with those who are looking for freedom from those addictions. And in turn, everyone benefits. It's a very, I would say, an apostolic program, a program of action. And beyond attending meetings, we have a variety of other resources available, workbooks and books that guide one through the 12 steps while integrating Catholic faith and a host of other prayers and resources that help one get started along their recovery journey and also integrate uh, the really important and valuable Catholic devotions, such as the Rosary and other commitments to our recovery. So that's Catholic in recovery in a nutshell. Scott, one of the things that strikes me, we've worked a lot with Sister Margaret Bischoff and other members of Catholic in recovery here in the local area. There's a great joy that just permeates all the things they do. That's the thing that struck me immediately about it. Yeah, you know, in, in recovery, we, we claim a, a PR program of attraction rather than promotion. I think there's something attractive from someone who has known life of bondage and enslavement, and now, uh, thanks to the, the power of God and Jesus Christ, has found freedom. And 
and can live freely to love, serve, and know God, their neighbor, and themselves, which for many people who have walked into the rooms of Catholic in recovery is a great contrast from where they've been. Mm-hmm. We're speaking with Scott Weeman. He is the founder of Catholic in Recovery. Scott, what was the impetus to get this started initially? I found sobriety myself, thanks be to 12-step recovery groups and the Catholic Church. In 2011, I walked into a room of men and women who have had found freedom from alcoholism. And uh, and there are many, you know, they're still not in, still finding, seeking progress themselves. Uh, but it saved my life. I was 26 years old, and really everything in my life was falling apart, and uh, everything that is good in my life is really founded upon the principles of 12-step recovery and the traditions of the Catholic Church. It was on day three of my recovery journey that I uh, strolled into a young adult Bible study at my local Catholic Church, which had a really vibrant young adult community, and I was timid. Um, I thought to myself, man, if, if these people have, you know, if these people really knew what I was all about, I'm not sure if they would be welcome, if I would be welcomed here. And I later found that that was not true, that, you know, that everyone, that those of us who seek Jesus Christ in the sacraments are all, all in need of healing. Um, but, you know, my life started coming together through, thanks to the 12-step recovery groups, a great sponsor who helped guide me through the 12 steps, attending a meeting really every day and then participating in the Church, and engaging the sacraments. And I found over a few years that there was a lot that the Church could learn from the fellowship aspect of 12-step recovery groups, and then also that there were many people who were in 12-step recovery groups who longed for a deeper relationship with their higher power, perhaps grew up Catholic or were just longing for maybe pulled to the Catholic Church. And wouldn't it be great if there was some kind of a bridge between those recovery groups and the Church? And Mm. Um, and so it just began in 2015, writing some articles, started a website, catholicinrecovery.com, started writing some blog articles related to addiction recovery, topics that overlapped with the Church, family life, faith, forgiveness, things of that nature. And shortly after that, a few months later, I got an invitation to write a book. Someone from Ave Maria Press reached out, and the book, The Twelve Steps in the Sacraments, A Catholic Journey Through Recovery, was published in November of 2017. It took about two years to write that, and in that mean, in that time, uh, did some speaking in San Diego, where I live. The best part of those speaking engagements was when I was done talking, and others in the community had a chance to share about their experience with addiction, their own recovery, their loved ones challenged with addiction. But through the lens of our faith and the sacraments and scripture and saints and Catholic devotions, things that would otherwise be rather out of bounds or maybe a little bit too specific within a 12-step recovery group or a secular recovery group. And so it was clear we need to bring these people together on a regular basis. We started our first Catholic in Recovery group here in San Diego that January 2017, started a few more groups outside of that, one specific, and that group, like many of them, are is a general recovery group for people with a variety of addictions, compulsions, and unhealthy attachments. And so our solution, and really getting to the root of it, requires a, a deep commitment to a new way of life, and that recovery groups and fellowships vital to that process. What boggles my mind is the fact that initially you said you were intimidated. I mean, you seem so bold. It's hard to believe you were intimidated at the start. Hopefully that just shows and, and shines a light on the great power of our Lord and Savior, because, uh, Pat, there was a day, there were many days, I mean, a string of years, where I couldn't go one day, 24 hours, without a drink or a drug or something that would change or alter my mood. And I was in total, oh, I was in denial about it. 
but I was miserable and I was dishonest and I couldn't be honest with myself or God or anyone else. You know, I hit rock bottom. I thought it was the worst thing that could ever happen to me. And look where it's brought us today. So whoever whoever might be listening, whether you're struggling with a loved one's addiction or your own addiction and you're thinking, I've just got to hold on. If only, you know, I'm we just try to maneuver and manipulate and get people to do for us what we can do for ourselves when we're wrapped in the throes of addiction. But God has so much more planned for us. And so whatever that thing might be, it might be, you know, tragic. We have so much fear about what's, what if people find out? What if, mm-hmm. you know, what, I, how, could I, how could I go on a day or two or three without this behavior or substance that seems to be fueling me? But if we're really honest with ourselves, our whole life, maybe even our whole family, has been wrapped around protecting this addiction. And what would happen if we just let it go, if we turned it over to God and, you know, just proclaimed the need for help, sought some community members or people who, who knew what we were going through, weren't going to judge us when we walked in the door, but would say, we're grateful that you're here. Keep coming back. That is the life of the church that I have envisioned. And, and I think it's possible. I think, I think we're just getting something really brilliant started. And, um, you know, it requires humility. He requires humility on the part of the church, on the part of each of us, individuals and families. And boy, God loves us so much. He's got great plans for us. Scott Weeman is our guest. He is the founder of Catholic in Recovery. Scott, there's so much I want to ask you, especially about the future of the organization, but I'm up against my break. Can you stick around and we continue our conversation? Absolutely. It is 722 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, that full conversation will be found on our webpage, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And if you have time today and you start looking at the things that we have offered, please take a moment and look at all of the great offerings that we have available for you, especially our Lenten resources. You can find so many wonderful prayers, novenas, and special Lenten series by Father Agostino those are being made available for you absolutely free you can find out all of the information in our resources at matradayradio.com and the hail mary media app support for matraday radio comes from our leadership circle members including dr mark bianco family dentist dr bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd avenue and stark street in southeast portland Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. It's okay for Lent to be a struggle. Christ never promised us fame, riches, or happiness in this life, but rather suffering, poverty, and sacrifice. The desert of Lent helps us discern the need for God. We must realize, in most cases, the desert is more of a path than it is a place for us to live. If we follow in the path of Christ, that is, in His way of the cross, we find not a crown of gold, but a crown of thorns. We must first die if we wish to be reborn. Moses and the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years, and Jesus fasted and was tempted in the desert for 40 days. The 40 days of Lent are a time of trial and purification. This Lent, let's leave everything to God, especially if everything seems to be going wrong. This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. 
This is Dina Marie, host of The Voice of the Shepherd, inviting you to join me on my weekly podcast, Faith Moments with Dina Marie, where I proclaim and ponder the Sunday Mass readings, a perfect way to enhance your study of sacred scripture. My Faith Moments podcast is found on your favorite podcast platform or on the Hail Mary Media app. It's easy to download and absolutely free. Check it out today. The Faith Moments with Dina Marie podcast made available thanks to Matrade Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 724 here at Mater Day Radio and public monument. What comes to mind when you hear that phrase? Well, they're going to define it legally within the city code of Portland. More on that story coming up next. And I'll have the update for you from the grotto in a terrifying situation there as a vandal breaks into the monastery. That all coming up after Lenten music by Sarah Kroger, Run to the Cross.
faith in everyday life. We are running to the cross with Sarah Kroger on this rainy leap day here. It's 730. In your news this morning, a man was arrested after causing extensive damage while breaking into the Servite Monastery at the Grotto on Wednesday morning. According to the Portland Police Bureau, a man broke in around 5 a.m. into the Grotto Monastery where the fires reside. Executive Director of the Grotto, Chris Blanchard, said the suspect, who was identified as 57-year-old Paul Joseph Yeager, came onto the property, broke security cameras before shattering the front windows of the monastery. Blanchard said once inside, he broke pretty much everything that was glass and broke crucifixes and religious art hanging on the walls. The man vandalized several rooms, including the chapel. The suspect then barricaded himself inside one of the priest's bedrooms. With the assistance from a bureau negotiator, Jaeger gave himself up, booked into Multnomah County Detention Center. Visitors, though, are welcome back to the grounds today. Prayers for our Servite priests that are residing there. And they said that after all of this time since the bad storms in January, cleanup is complete in the upper gardens and visitors are welcome back there tomorrow just in time for this beautiful weekend it's good to have good news from the grotto as well as that story the portland city council is considering defining what a public monument is as part of city code as well as creating a system to deal with public feedback about them I'm excited that we'll have a code package for public monuments, Commissioner Dan Ryan said. It was something that was not there during the unrest of 2020 when we could have used it. Commissioner Ryan is in charge of the creation of a report which will guide the city council on the reinstallation of presidential statues which were vandalized and removed during those protests. If this amendment to the city code passes, an advisory board would be formed to guide the city in decision-making about monuments and to take into account the feedback of the general public. More than 100 Palestinians were killed and hundreds more wounded when Israeli troops opened fire on people waiting in a food line near Gaza City. The Israeli military released aerial footage of crowds swarming around aid trucks. Health Ministry spokesman Asharif Al-Qirda said at least 104 people were killed and hundreds more wounded. Hamas issued a statement saying Israeli forces targeted a gathering of thousands of citizens citizens awaiting food aid in Gaza City, where the United Nations has warned of unprecedented hunger crisis amid the Israeli siege. The Israeli military issued a statement saying that during the early morning delivery of humanitarian aid trucks to the northern Gaza Strip, a violent gathering of Gazan residents developed around the trucks who looted the equipment that arrived. After surviving an explosion earlier in the month, Haitian Bishop Pierre-André Dumas is now being treated for injuries at a hospital in Miami. Dumas suffered burns across his body following the explosion, and his surgery in Haiti went without complications. The trip to Miami was for continued recovery and for another unspecified procedure. Archbishop Wenski of the Archdiocese of Miami expects the bishop not to stay in the city for too long and believes he will be back in Haiti as soon as his health will permit him. The Archbishop said of Dumas, the church needs him. A law to establish 18 as the minimum marriage age in Washington state is headed to the governor's desk for his signature. State lawmakers in the House and Senate passed House Bill 1455 this session. 
Now, marriage for people younger than 18 was legal in all 50 states as of 2017. In Washington state, 5,000 people younger than age 18 were married between the years of 2000 and 2021. Now, currently, 17-year-olds in Washington state can marry with parental consent, and those younger than 17 need approval from a judge. Oregon's minimum marriage age is 17, while Idaho, it's 16. If Governor Jay Inslee signs the bill, which it is expected, the new law takes effect in June. Laws like that always make you wonder, like, what else is there that you wouldn't expect to be actually legal? And then all of a sudden, when they go to change it, you're like, wait, what? That was a law? Exactly. So even 18 seems to be such a young age to people be getting married. However, I think they also take into consideration the um, cultural aspects of different communities in the state. But Oh, there's no rush. Life is long, kids. Well, I mean, it's the age you can enlist as well. But in sports, the Portland Timbers are racing against the clock to remove all traces of one of the team's now former sponsors. DeBella, a Hillsborough-based home improvement contractor, is having their ties to the team severed after the company's CEO was accused of sexual harassment. The merchandise store at Providence Park is gladly swapping fans' jerseys who purchased ones that had the sponsorship all over the front. This move leaves the team scrambling to find new kit and a new sponsor for the upcoming season. It's apparently all over the stadium and was prominently displayed on all of their jerseys, and it takes a while to change those. So they're trying to get that changed as soon as possible. The Timbers play DC United this Saturday at home at 7:30. So tune in to try and figure out what jerseys they wore and what Providence Park's going to look like. All right. Well, today Leap Day is a year that comes a date that comes around every 4 years. We said remember in the opening those that were born on February 29th are called Leaplings. 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 I love it. Well, there are, there is uh, some saints that we can celebrate today. Now, one of those is Dositheus of Palestine. He was born in the 6th century, venerated as a saint by the Catholic, Orthodox, and Coptic churches. Considered the patron saint of Gaza, his feast day is celebrated today. And thus, only in leap years. Dositheus' life began with a military career. Now, since Palestine was part of the Byzantine Empire, it is believed that he served as a soldier in the service of Constantinople. While campaigning in Golgotha, Dositheus came across a painting depicting the torments of hell. And this image, well, moved him so deeply, it caused him to reflect on his life in this future. No doubt. Shocked by the vision, Dositheus renounced his military career and decided to dedicate his life to God. He returned to his native Gaza, became a monk, and devoted himself to prayer, meditation, and study of scripture. His example soon inspired many others to follow the monastic path, devoting themselves to the contemplative life, but also to the welfare of the community. 
And after his death, Dositheus was soon recognized as a saint. He is considered one of the patron saints of Gaza, and his feast day is celebrated today. Now, many calendars also include St. Oswald of Worcester, but if you just do a quick little search on that one, they'll move his up to February 28th because I guess they feel his is so important. We should be celebrating it every single year. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, across our Catholic community, many Catholics celebrate First Friday devotions. And this Friday, down at our at St. Alice, excuse me, in Springfield, they're hosting a night of love, a night vigil of reparation. It's only one of four churches in the entire United States hosting one of these. The vigil includes bilingual rosaries on the hour, prayers, quiet adoration, and a procession with a statue of Our Lady of Fatima that kicks off Friday at 8 p.m. Goes all night. Incredible way to bear witness to the faith. For these and more events in our Catholic community, go online, matradayradio.com. You can find the entire community calendar there. You can also find it on the free Hail Mary media app. And coming up... Right after this short break and a check of the weather, we're returning with Scott Weedman, Catholic in recovery, beautiful, beautiful story here, and perfect for our Lenten journey as we try to grow closer to Christ and give up all those unnecessary attachments, coming up right now. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join me, Deacon Scott Aiken, as we pray for the holy souls in purgatory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, King of glory, deliver the souls of all the faithful departed from the pains of hell and from the bottomless pit. Deliver them from the lion's mouth, that hell not swallow them up, that they fall not into the outer darkness. But let the holy standard bearer, Michael the Archangel, Bring them into that holy light which you promised unto Abraham and his seed. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on, where a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Hi, I'm Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. 
Don't just live, live with passion. 741 here at Mater Day Radio. High of 43, low of 34 today. It's going to rain all day, although thunderstorms are possible. And if the elevation's right, maybe even some snowflakes, but those aren't going to stick around. If you're in the mountain ranges, though, there will be substantial snowfall. So be prepared if you're going through there. And even on the roads, I was traveling this morning, there's standing water on some of those interstates. So be careful. ODOT's telling people to slow down because it's wet out there. Even the like bridge overpasses that uh, you go under, it looks like one of those log rides at uh, Knott's Berry Farm because the water's just kind of sloshing right over the top also. So you're right, give yourself just a little bit extra time today. Currently it is 41 degrees at the Grotto here in Portland. And 39 degrees with light rain at St. Paul in Silverton, Oregon. Continuing our conversation with Scott Weeman, he is the founder of Catholic in Recovery. And Scott, you described a little bit about the range of resources that you have available for someone who is seeking help. Everything from prayers to the workbook to meetings, you've got a lot going on. The first and foremost thing is our meetings. You know, really the, the most valuable thing that we offer is a, an introduction to community. There's no real curriculum that we can create that's going to walk through someone through recovery that's more effective than just the personal relationships that form in a meeting or in a setting where we can find each other. So there are a host of in-person meetings available throughout the diocese of, of or archdiocese of, of Portland. Also virtual meetings available every day. I hope we have 50 weekly virtual meetings. Wow. Some of them are specific to different addiction types. Some of them general recovery meetings, some for family members impacted by a loved one's addiction. Others are just prayer or meditation meetings. We read the daily reflections twice in the morning. Uh, The daily mass readings have a little reflection written by a community member that relates that reading to recovery, offers some private quiet time for prayer and meditation, and then share experience. After that, we pray the rosary together. So that happens a couple times a day. In addition to meetings, we also have some other opportunities to connect with people in in, in person and in fellowship, uh, retreats. We have about eight retreats that we're going to be offering this year. We've offered several throughout the past years, and we'll be back in the Archdiocese of Portland from May 17th to May 19th at Our Lady of Peace Retreat House. It's a full weekend of diving deep into the principles of recovery and finding new community members, brothers and sisters that can help us along the way. Then we have resources online. CIR Plus is a digital platform that hosts a variety of ebooks. We have a sponsorship guide, uh, rosary reflections, daily reflections available that relate to each uh, daily mass reading and um, written by a Catholic and Recovery community member. Very helpful in integrating into your daily prayer life and a community forum, a host of video modules and series that relate to, uh, that walk through the workbook, through different topics. Uh, really all that one needs to get the recovery started. One of the things that struck me when I got that workbook for the first time was the Catholicity of it. Can you explain how that is so central to Catholic in recovery? Yeah, you know, there are a lot of Catholic devotions that can be very helpful in our recovery journey. And I would say the first couple of years of my own recovery, I've, I, I worked, you know, I kind of worked my recovery program over here. And then I had my church life over here, mm. and there wasn't, although, of course, they were very in line and in tune with each other, you know, I'd kind of treat those things separately. And so, you know, we encourage 
integration, in, uh, integrating our Catholic faith into the recovery work that we're doing. So in you know the 12 steps, the 11th step asks us to maintain prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. And so there are some Catholic devotions that can be built into that. Certainly there's no better conscious contact that we can find with God than uh, reception of the Eucharist or mm-hmm. adoring Him in the Eucharist. But also, uh, yeah, Catholic prayers, such as the Rosary, which is very meditative, which should be putting us in a place of our willingness to be bent towards God. A lot of times we or I enter prayer with this intention of bending God's will towards mine. God, I've got this great idea. Would you you put your stamp of approval on it, or can I convince (laughs) you that it's a good idea? But, you know, prayer should be our willingness to bend our will towards God towards God's. And so I find that yeah, prayers such as the rosary, which are which offer some repetition and a really meditative place uh, to meditate on the mysteries and uh, Mary's willingness and her fiat, these are very uh, things that can really help encourage and supplement our recovery. Yeah, it's by great measures. Continuing our conversation with Scott Weeman, he is the founder of Catholic in Recovery. And Scott, you have come so far since 2015. What do you see in the next nine, 10 years? Where's Catholic in mm-hmm. Recovery going? Yeah, so right now we have about a little over 100 Catholic in Recovery groups throughout the United States, Canada, and Mexico. We are hopeful to be starting our first in Europe in the next few months. I anticipate that uh, Catholic and Recovery meetings are going to be available throughout the world in all, really, all countries or adapting those to be available in all countries. And uh, so meetings growing at a great rate. Uh, You know, I think that continuing to really uh, foster a change of culture within the Church that allows kind of what I was speaking to before, we come together, you know, not trying to impress each other about how holy we are, but really coming to the feet of Jesus when we gather as a community and just desperately needing Him and each other's help in order to find grace, in order to find, you know, to live a life of faith. We can't, whether we're addicted or not, we can't live this life of faith on our own. We're called to be in community. And so I I, I see Catholic in Recovery helping foster that sense of a healing community. In addition, we're working um, on the possibility of an in-person treatment center being built. There is not currently a Catholic 12-step recovery treatment program or a treatment facility for lay people. There is a great um, place in Michigan called Guest House, which is a 12-step Catholic treatment center for priests and clergy, uh, but currently nothing for lay people. And so we're developing, we're in some early talks about the possibility of of, um, creating something of that sort. I get probably one email or inquiry a week asking about a referral to a Catholic 12-step treatment center. And um, as it currently stands, nothing like it exists. Oh, that's exciting to hear. And another thing that's exciting, you've talked about it previously, the big retreat coming up at Our Lady of Peace Retreat Center in Beaverton, May 17th through 19th. How can people find out more about that and get registered? Yeah, so catholicandrecovery.com slash events. Yeah, go to catholicandrecovery.com. You'll you can navigate your way there or shortcut catholicandrecovery.com slash events, and you'll find information about the retreat there. Uh, we do have uh, an early bird special available through March 31st, so if you register before March 31st, you'll save $50 on the weekend retreat. But we're starting at 5 p.m. May 17th, Friday, May 17th, and concluding around lunchtime on Sunday, May 19th. 
we'll have about 50 people or so and anticipating that it will sell out. Um, but yeah, it's, we, we were at St. Benedict's Lodge last year, just a bit um, up the Mackenzie River. We'll be back there again next year. But we have such active Catholic and recovery fellowships in Eugene, Oregon, Hillsboro, and then even north up into Tacoma and into Washington. So it will be a celebration of uh, people in the Pacific Northwest gathering together to praise God for the freedom that we found and, and welcoming those into the fold and onto the pathway who are just beginning their recovery journey. Oh, fantastic. Scott, thank you for your time. Thank you so much for overcoming that intimidation initially and taking that step and, and all you do. God bless you, Scott. Yeah, Pat, and thanks for all you do to help share our message of hope. Oh, it's my pleasure, Scott. He's Scott Weeman, founder of Catholic in Recovery. And remember, that retreat is coming up May 17th through 19th at Our Lady of Peace Retreat House. You can get more information and register online at catholicinrecovery.com slash events. We'll have a link for the retreat and a replay of this interview online at matradayradio.com and on the Hail Mary Media app. It is 7.51 here at Mater Day Radio. Such an important and valuable program. So many in our area are just relieved of those anxieties and those unhealthy attachments through Catholic in Recovery. There are weekly meetings that happen in parishes around the area. If you head over to materdayradio.com, under the Get Involved menu, you're going to find our community calendar. And you can actually search Catholic in Recovery and find all of those meetings that appear. You can also access the community calendar on the Hail Mary Media app with the integrated map system. It's going to get you right to where you need to be. And there's such wonderful blessings and fruits that come out of Catholic in recovery, especially through their practice of the sacraments. Again, more information can be found matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio. KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene. Springfield. Translator K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at moderndayradio.com. Gibran Zogby's State Farm Agency in Hillsborough is a proud member of Modern Day Radio's Leadership Circle, offering coverage in Oregon, Washington, and Idaho with personal service, claims, and 24-7 assistance. Gibran's team will take the time to understand your situation and choose coverages just for you. Reach Gibran's office at gnzinsurance.com or 503-649-9514. Gibran Zogby's State Farm Agency in Hillsborough at gnzinsurance.com. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 29th. Today we celebrate Saint Oswald. The last acts in the life of today's saint make for an amazing story. In truth, they merely underscore the holiness he exhibited throughout his life. Born into a military family in 10th century England, Oswald was the nephew of the Archbishop of Canterbury, who raised him and played a crucial role in his early education. 
Oswald continued his studies abroad in France, where he was ordained a Benedictine monk. Following his appointment as Bishop of Worcester and later as Archbishop of York, he founded monasteries and introduced many reforms. He supported and improved scholarship at the abbeys he established, inviting leading thinkers in such fields as mathematics and astronomy to share their learning. Oswald was widely known for his sanctity, especially his love for the poor. The final winter of his life was spent at the cathedral in Worcester that he so loved. At the start of Lent in February 992, he resumed his usual practice of washing the feet of twelve poor men each day. On February 29th, Leap Year Day, Oswald died after kissing the feet of the twelfth man and giving him a blessing. The news of Oswald's death brought an outpouring of grief throughout the city. There's more about the saints, along with inspiration and Catholic resources, at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 7.55 here at Mater Day Radio on this rainy leap day. And if you want to be a superstar, well, because of a weird technicality and some rules, you actually might have points. And if that doesn't work out for you, Oregon State University might even have a job for you taste testing food. We've got that story coming up. (laughs) All right. I'll be ready for those. And while he is still under the weather, Pope Francis plans to be fully recovered by Holy Week because his schedule is quite full. I'll tell you more about that coming up in news. Here is Dana Catherine, my savior in me. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Dei Radio. Tell me, Lord, tell me, Lord, how can it be that you would choose to use someone like me, someone like me? Couple billion people in this world, yeah, you have chosen to use somebody so unworthy. I'm just another pen you're putting to the paper, a reflection of my mind. 
that is Dana Catherine, my savior in me. It is eight o'clock. A man broke into the Servite Monastery at the Grotto yesterday morning and vandalized the property before barricading himself in one of the priest's rooms. While no one was hurt, damage to crucifixes, pieces of sacred art, and even a tabernacle were quite severe. Portland police identified the man as Paul Joseph Yeager and were able to arrest him after negotiating with him to exit the room he had locked himself inside. This incident has not hampered the plans of the grotto for reopening this Saturday, however. After they finished cleaning up from the aftermath of that severe winter storm back in January, the upper gardens will be available for everybody to visit. So there is some good news through that story, but what a very scary thing for those Servite priests. How frightening. I was watching a local news who had some interviews there yesterday, and the priest said uh, face-to-face with him, and he uh, was quite frightened, but he found his opportunity to kind of slip away, and then that's when the person barricaded him in that room, and so I am uh, glad that uh, they were able to uh, uh, end the incident without any injuries and thankful that all those servite priests are okay and that the grotto is going to be open for business i'm sure they will be glad to welcome our visitors there for sure the vatican press office has not released any new updates on pope francis health this morning after he underwent diagnostic tests at Jamelli hospital for mild flu-like symptoms and looking at his schedule for holy week They expect Pope Francis to be fully recovered. The Vatican's Office for the Liturgical Celebrations of the Supreme Pontiff has released the Pope's schedule for March, which includes all the celebrations leading up to Holy Week and throughout Easter Sunday. On Sunday, March 24th, Palm Sunday, Pope Francis will preside over Holy Mass in St. Peter's Square. Then later that week, on Holy Thursday morning, the Pope will preside over the Chrism Mass in St. Peter's Basilica. The next evening on Good Friday, Pope Francis is scheduled to preside at Mass for the Lord's Supper again at St. Peter's before presiding over the Via Crucis in Rome's iconic Colosseum. And as is customary, the Pope will also preside over Easter Vigil Mass on Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday. Mass will be at St. Peter's Square the next morning. I am so very exhausted just listening to that. You know, as a deacon family, I know that Scott's schedule is all at church. It's like our big week of the year for Catholics, and it is exhausting. And so prayers for our priests, our deacons, but especially our Pope, because, you know, coming off of this illness, his schedule is going to be very, very rigorous. Oh, absolutely. Well, there's a new tasty opportunity in the Pearl District, which may earn you a buck or two. Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center is looking for taste testers. Essentially, what we get to do is pay people to try different food and beverage products, says Jessica Gutierrez, a sensory science researcher at the center. So flavor, texture, aroma, mouthfeel, kind of whatever they're looking for. Give that data back to our client, and they know what changes to make to their product. In order to be considered, taste testers need to fill out an online survey and keep their eyes peeled for posts from the Food Innovation Center's social media accounts, which advertise their upcoming events. Can you imagine that, Brenda? You no. get paid to eat food. Uh, I would. Uh, I don't know if I would take that job. I would be kind of nervous. It's almost like one of those uh, those uh, jelly beans that you get that can be any flavor. Oh, the bean boozled. Yeah. Right. You don't know 
what they're going to taste like. Uh, I'd be a little bit nervous for that because I, I might be, I'm not a picky eater, but I definitely have a texture thing when it comes to certain foods. But uh, okay, if I must be paid to eat, I will. <laughs> A law to establish 18 as the minimum marriage age in Washington state is headed to the governor's desk for his signature. State lawmakers in the House and Senate passed House Bill 1455 this session. No marriage for people younger than 18 was legal in all 50 states as of 2017. In Washington state, more than 5,000 people younger than 18 were married between the years of 2000 and 2021. Currently, 17-year-olds in the state of Washington can marry with parental consent, and those younger than 17 need approval from a judge. Now, Oregon's minimum marriage age is also 17, while in Idaho, the minimum age is 16. If Governor Inslee signs the bill, which it is expected, the law would take effect in June. And a retired Milwaukee man is the latest winner of Oregon's game, Megabucks. With a winning ticket, he collected $8.4 million. David Schultz, 68, he said he had no clue that he had won until checking his ticket last Friday. The winning numbers were drawn Back on January 24th, it is lucky for him that he kept that ticket all for an entire month. He just didn't even know. He was oh, walking goodness, around yeah. with $8.4 million basically <laughs> in his wallet. Yeah. The Oregon Lottery said that Schultz spent the whole weekend in utter shock at the discovery until he claimed his prize at the lottery's Wilsonville office. As for Schultz's plans for the prize money, Plans to invest most of it with no future plans on any big splurges. It's highly recommended by lottery officials for anyone purchasing a ticket to sign the back of it to prevent any issues from claiming the prize. It's also recommended for players to consult with a trusted financial planner to develop a plan for those winnings. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to him. Wow, absolutely. Well, in sports, you don't even need to play to not lose. Brenda, congratulations. <gasps> Thank you. You have more points in the NASCAR Cup Series <laughs> than Noah Gragson. The 25-year-old racing driver from Las Vegas, Nevada, was docked points a well, as well as his uh, Stuart Haas racing teammate, Ryan Priest, because of an infraction in the rules. They both ran cars that had illegal parts that did not okay. fall under the rule book for NASCAR technical specifications. He currently has negative six points uh -oh. in the season standings, which apparently, according to NASCAR rules, you can have negative points in the championship. So... Anybody listening, you have more points than the than Noah Gregson at the bottom of the NASCAR standings. NASCAR takes to the track this weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on Sunday. And I, I still can't believe like this is why I watch racing. There's so many bizarre rule like, you know, Kansas City Chiefs can't have negative points. Noah Gregson can have negative you points. Can, huh? Absolutely wild. <laughs> I am very, very sure you do not want to see me out in a NASCAR race driving around there. I would be at the uh, granny pace. That's that's where I would uh, end up in the race. So, uh, yeah, I think I'd me. still be entertained, though. <laughs> you, you very well may be. So what's the proper way to genuflect, Eric? 
uh, one knee down, and it depends on which knee, depending on the context. So when you're genuflecting in front of the tabernacle or the Blessed Sacrament, you go down on the right knee. If you're genuflecting in front of the Pope, you genuflect on the left knee. Is that the case? I hadn't I, heard that. I believe so. That's very interesting. See the things that you learn here on the Morning Blend. Well, the general instruction of the Roman Missal states a genuflection made by bending the right knee to the ground signifies adoration. So, therefore, it is reserved for the most blessed sacrament as well as for the Holy Cross from the solemn adoration during the liturgical celebration on Good Friday until the beginning of the Easter Vigil. Now, all who pass before the blessed sacrament, they genuflect unless they are moving in procession. So that is what the germ says. That's that general instruction of, of Roman, Roman Missal. Missal. Or now, unless you have something in your hands as well. So if you are an altar server carrying a cross, a censer, or a candle, you bow with your head. You don't make a profound bow. You bow with your head. You don't genuflect. That's right. And they also state that, too, if you're carrying something prior to the beginning of Mass, yeah, like if you have an open vessel... Well, don't then. Uh, Catholic Answer adds this too. One is also supposed to give a bow of the body whenever one passes in front of the altar. Now, if the Blessed Sacrament is in a tabernacle on or near the altar, one genuflects, not bows. And if there is no tabernacle on or near the altar, or if the tabernacle is empty, one bows in reverence to the altar, but not a genuflection. Rules, rules. I have to remember all of these. Now, were you ever taught or did they ever talk about the double genuflection where you go down on both knees? This no, might be I've, an old practice yeah, that I've never, Catholics I've did. never been told about it, but plenty of times in adoration, I've seen other people do it That's when it. you know I was supposed to be praying and focusing on that. Instead, I was watching people double <laughs> genuflect as they were going to get up and, and leave the holy hour. Yes. Um, so, and again, that's not something that's in the code. It's exactly. not something that's in the germ. But if that is a personal devotion of yours, that can be a beautiful sign of faith. And that can be a beautiful way to express that relationship that you have with God. So when we say double genuflection, you're absolutely right. I was taught that when the Blessed Sacrament is exposed in the monstrance during adoration, you don't go down and you genuflect with the right knee and then the left knee. You go down on the right knee, weight down, put your left knee down. So now you're kneeling on the ground a little bit bow and then back up you go and then into your pew for adoration and then the same thing as you leave so uh, all of these pious practices but uh, Monsignor O'Connor said it's all in how you do it there's nobody that's going to tell you that you can't you're not supposed to double genuflect or that you should be double genuflecting when you're going into adoration it's time to find out what's going on in our catholic community well, it's never too early to think about St. Patrick's Day, Brenda. And at our <laughs> Parish of the Week visitation in Verbort, we can look forward to their Shamrock Breakfast and Bake Sale fundraiser Sunday, March 17th. They're serving pancakes and ham along with some other sides, and all the proceeds are going to benefit the youth of the parish. They're going to go on a mission trip to Alaska. Wow. wow. For these and more events in our Catholic community, go online, materdayradio.com. You can find the whole community calendar there. You can also find it on the Hail Mary Media app. And speaking of visitation in Verbort, they're our Parish of the Week. We're so excited to be celebrating them this week. And we have the principal of their school, Carol Funk, coming up next right after a wintry mix weather forecast here at Mater Day Radio. Eric, is that snow? It is. All right. Stay tuned.
Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish, in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am, order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. At Mater Dei Radio, we constantly strive to be an inspiring source of faith and hope. Sharing the light of Christ restores us individually and also provides a powerful catalyst to revive the heart of our community. Join Mater Dei Radio in this crucial mission of leading souls to Jesus and bringing a spirit of renewal into the culture. Mark your calendar for April 8th through 12th to renew your hope during Mater Dei Radio's 2024 Spring share It's going to be a week of transformation, and you can be a major part of it by helping us build a strong matching fund for the event. Your support now will have a deep impact on our success in April by providing strong encouragement for our share listeners to match your prayerful generosity. Generosity. To learn more and make your matching gift, go now to MatraDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app and renew your hope during our 2024 Spring share at Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 815 here at Matraday Radio, high of 43, low of 34 today, rain all day and here at the station we can see some snowflakes mixed in with that rain. That rain and snow mix is definitely possible throughout the area during this morning, but nothing should stick. It's a little too wet for that. Thunderstorms are possible, though, and that rain is continuing through the rest of the week. It's really going to keep coming down, and it's going to come down as snow in the mountains. Uh, did Mother Nature not get the memo that Puxatani Phil said that it was going to be an early spring? I don't know, but I spring know. can really <laughs> hang you up the most, I guess. <laughs> I suppose so. Currently, though, it is 42 degrees at St. Mary's of Guadalupe Catholic Church up in Ridgefield. And it's 38 degrees with heavy rain showers at our Parish of the Week, Visitation in Verbort. 
after a very positive nomination from Sister Krista von Borstel, Visitation Catholic Church in Verbord, our parish of the week and she was so complimentary of the amazing work that the school principal and their faculty and staff are doing with the foundation of faith visitation school challenges their students to develop their full potential and their principal carol funk is joining me today to share more about what makes visitation a real blessing to their community good morning carol thanks so much for joining us today Thank you for inviting me. It's an honor to be here. You have been with Visitation for a very, very long time. Tell our listeners about your tenure. So I've been at Visitation for 29 years. Um, 15 of those were as a teacher, mostly from fourth grade through eighth grade. And then um, the last 14 years, I've been principal at Visitation. So you're out there only about 20 miles from Portland, a real close-knit community. Tell us a little bit about the families that are bringing their kids to your school. So our uh, families come from, so we're rural, we're in the country, so our families come from our neighboring towns, some also from the rural community here in Verbort. We have uh, families that come from Banks, Hillsborough, uh, Fourth Grove, and then even further away, some from uh, Beaverton, a few from down Gaston, Yamhill Way. Um, but a uh, very, uh, very tight-knit family of parents, meaning that we all uh, blend and work together really well. We're here for our faith, and I think the community is just really special in that all the parents here are uh, have a common interest in educating their students in the faith and also um, working together to uh, help the school succeed, to be successful as students, and to get to know each other as a as a strong community. Of course, a big part of what makes all of our Catholic schools so wonderful is it's a faculty and a staff so dedicated to the education of the children attending the school. Tell our listeners about this staff that, well, just really does an amazing job there. And the staff and faculty, they are just wonderful. I have enjoyed working with them. Many of them have been here for a long time. Um, And uh, we, together as a staff, I think are very committed to the students. Uh, The staff works really well together, works well with the parents. Um, We have a strong sense of service and faith as a staff. And um, really try to help all the students to succeed both academically and in their uh, in their knowledge of God and the faith. So I, um, it's just wonderful working in the staff. We just get along very well. Uh, I, I can, it sounds like it's just such a wonderful community. I am speaking this morning with the principal of Visitation Catholic School, Carol Funk. She is joining me today because along with the parish, the school also nominated as this week's Parish of the Week at Mater Day Radio. Carol, you're so proud of this great faculty and staff that are working together with you for the education of these children. And you would all be part of a really long history at Visitation. How long has has the school been open? So the school opened in 1883, um, and um, like Sister Krista said, we've had a Sister of St. Mary's here since 1891, so long tradition of working with uh, Sisters of St. Mary's of the Valley, and um, a long history of uh, just uh, being a rural community, a um, out sitting out in the middle of the farmland, and uh, you know, grow, have grown from a 
smaller school to now a fairly large school of 195 students. And I think over that time, the um, community has stayed really close-knit and never lost the sense of purpose of, you know, we've always had that sense of purpose of who we are as a community. And the importance of our education of the students has always been a main focus of the parish here and the purpose of why we are here as a school. Mm. No doubt the purpose of your community there at Visitation Catholic School is also our Catholic faith. And the lives of the saints are so important in bringing forward virtues to the students. Tell our listeners about this program, how you're bringing the lives of the saints forward through virtue. So each month we have been focusing on a virtue, and this month happens to be the virtue of patience. So that's something that we're working on with uh, for our students to understand the meaning of what is patience, what does it look like. And then we tie in each month saints to the virtue and um, have focused on different saints throughout uh, this year and um, continuing on through the remainder of year. So uh, saints that model the different virtues and show us uh, examples by their lives on of how we should live as um, students, as adults, as teachers, families. It helps us to focus in on uh, someone that gives us a very positive example of how to live out that virtue. Again, just beautiful catechism and teaching going on there at the school. And, well, they are great lessons that your students carry throughout their lives. Carol, for somebody listening who is interested in maybe that kind of rural Catholic school that you're providing there at Visitation, what can they do to find out information or maybe even arrange a time to come out and visit your school? So uh, usually the first step is to contact our secretary. And um, so they can either call or they can email. And we do have a website. So they can, it's uh, vcsnights.org. So because we're the visitation nights. So um, they can contact the secretary and then uh, she'll help them to arrange a tour of the school. Usually I give the tours to parents and um, if they decide after the tour that it is a good fit, then they can move forward with a day visit for their child to um, have them have an opportunity to see what a, a day in the life of a student at visitation is like. And um, after a conversation with the parents in the school, then if we both feel it's a good fit, we move forward and, and they're able to um, continue on with registration. Wow. And at what uh, what grade levels are you registering students at? Um, right now, we are full with a waiting list in kindergarten wow. and sixth and seventh grade for next year. And preschool is filling very fast. Um, other grades have anywhere from two to four or five uh, seats available. Okay. Well, obviously in high demand, great schools always are. And I really appreciate your time today to just tell us all about the great things going on there at Visitation Catholic School. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for inviting me. And again, that is the principal of Visitation Catholic School, Carol Funk. If you want to find out more information that Carol was just talking about, I'll be sure to add the link to Visitation School on the podcast of this interview that you'll find at MontereyRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. 823 here at Mater Day Radio, and a little-known fact about me and my involvement with the station, before I even worked here, 
I helped out Mater Day Radio because my old car was actually donated to the vehicle what? donation program <laughs> here at Mater Day Radio. And your car can be too. It doesn't have to be a championship winning car. It might not even really have to run. Let us know. Email us. We'll take care of everything. We'll take that car off of your hands. And that can be just one of many small things that you can do to support Catholic Radio here in the Pacific Northwest. It's the vehicle donation program here at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors. Financial planning and investment management to help you retire with confidence. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors partners with you to find clarity, build a plan, and invest with your Catholic values in mind. Scheduling a free consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 825 here at Mater Day Radio. And downtown Portland might be getting more beautiful because we're redefining what a monument is. That coming up in news. All right. And Pope Francis, I'll give you an update on his health situation and also a busy set schedule that hopefully will not impede his road to recovery. I'll have that for you coming up in news. This is Chris Bray, beloved child of God. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Been running till now. Will you surrender? I'm calling you by my love. Will you answer? There's nothing that you can do that severs my love from you. So won't you come near to me? Just when you have given in, overtaken by a sin, you just need to know you are the other shot. It's not too late, sin has not won You just need to know you are the love and shot of God hey. You felt the burden of shame, receive forgiveness I paid the price by my life, just believe it you have done and my strength you can't overcome so 
between your faith and everyday life. That's Chris Bray reminding us all. We're every single one of us, beloved child of God. It's 8.30. A man was arrested after causing extensive damage while breaking into the Servite Monastery at the Grotto here in Portland on Wednesday morning. According to Portland Police Bureau, a man broke in around 5 a.m. into the Grotto's monastery where the friars reside. The executive director of the Grotto, Chris Blanchard, said the suspect, who was later identified as 57-year-old Paul Joseph Yeager, came onto the property, broke security cameras before shattering the front windows of the monastery. Blanchard said once he got inside, he broke pretty much every window of the monastery. And then some crucifixes and religious art hanging on the walls also broken and vandalized. A tabernacle was overturned. The man uh, vandalized several rooms, also including the chapel. Now, he barricaded himself inside one of the priest's bedrooms. With the assistance from a bureau negotiator, Jaeger gave himself up and was booked into the Multnomah County Detention Center. Now, visitors are still welcome back to the grounds today. And very exciting news for the Grotto team. They have been able to clear all of the debris from the January storm in the Upper Garden. And tomorrow, 
grow, visitors will be welcomed once again to those beautiful upper gardens. Boy, thankfully, nobody was injured. There were some very rattled nerves. And I think that I heard that the priest there will be praying for the gentleman. There was a, some a mental health crisis that he was experiencing. So uh, prayers, though, for all around that everyone is safe. Absolutely. Some silver linings from that story. And the best way that you can support the grotto is by visiting them. That is what we have heard. The Portland City Council is considering officially defining what a public monument is as part of the city code, as well as creating a system to deal with public feedback about said monuments. I'm excited that we'll have a code package for public monuments, Commissioner Dan Ryan said. It was something that was not there during the unrest of 2020 when we could have used it. Commissioner Ryan is in charge of the creation of a report which will guide the city council on the reinstallation of presidential statues, which were vandalized and removed during those protests. If this amendment to the city code passes, an advisory board would be formed to guide the city in making decisions about monuments that takes into account the feedback of the general public. More than 100 Palestinians were killed and hundreds wounded when Israeli troops opened fire on people waiting in a food line near Gaza City. The Israeli military released aerial footage of crowds swarming around aid trucks. Health Ministry spokesman Ashraf Al-Kirda said at least 104 people were killed and hundreds more wounded. Hamas issued a statement saying Israeli forces targeted a gathering of thousands of citizens awaiting food aid in Gaza City, where the United Nations has warned of an unprecedented hunger crisis amid the Israeli siege. The Israeli military issued a statement saying that during the early morning delivery of humanitarian aid trucks to the northern Gaza Strip, a violent gathering of Gazan residents developed around the truck who looted the equipment that arrived. After surviving an explosion earlier in the month, Haitian Bishop Pierre-André Dumas is now being treated for injuries at a hospital in Miami. Dumas suffered burns across his body following the explosion, and his surgery in Haiti did go without complication. The trip to Miami was for continued recovery and for another unspecified procedure. Archbishop Wenski of the Archdiocese of Miami expects the bishop not to stay in the city for too long and believes he will be back in Haiti as soon as his health will permit him. The archbishop said of Bishop Dumas, the church needs him. The Vatican Press Office has not released any new update on Pope Francis' health after he underwent diagnostic tests at Gemelli Hospital for mild flu-like symptoms. And looking at his schedule for Holy Week... They expect Pope Francis to be fully recovered. The Vatican's Office for the Liturgical Celebration of the Supreme Pontiff has released the Pope's liturgical schedule for March, which includes all the celebrations leading up to Holy Week and throughout Easter Sunday. On Sunday, March 24th is Palm Sunday. Pope Francis will preside over Holy Mass in St. Peter's Square. Then later that week on Holy Thursday morning, the Pope will preside over the Chrism Mass taking place in the Basilica. The next evening, Good Friday, that uh, the pontiff is scheduled to preside over Mass of the Lord's Passion again at St. Peter's Basilica before going over to the Via Crucis in Rome's iconic Colosseum. As is customary, the Pope will also preside over Easter Vigil Mass, Holy Saturday Evening, and Easter Sunday Mass. That large gathering will take place in St. Peter's Square 
in the morning. So very, very busy schedule for Pope Francis. We pray for his continued recovery. And it's just a great reminder that all of our priests, our deacons, liturgical organizers at all of the parishes, this is a very big week beginning on Palm Sunday, leading all the way up through Holy Week and that Easter Triduum. So prayers for all of them that uh, they have the stamina as well to get through. Absolutely. Well, in sports news, the Portland Timbers are trying to race against the clock to remove all traces of one of their now former sponsors. Debella, which is a Portland-based, Hillsborough-based home improvement contractor, is having all their ties severed after a sexual harassment suit against the company's CEO. The merchandise store at Providence Park is swapping jerseys with fans who purchased ones that were emblazoned with the logo sponsorship on the front. This move leaves the team scrambling to find new kits and new sponsors for the upcoming season. I've heard Tillamook Cheese, maybe even oh. Dutch Brothers on the front of Portland Pi- Timbers jerseys. Excuse me. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that could be something in the future. They're really just looking for anything at this point, but it's going to take some time. Making those jerseys right. is a labor-intensive process. The Timbers are scheduled to play DC United this Saturday at 7.30, so you can tune in to see what solution they came up with for their jerseys. I, however, will be watching the beginning of the Formula One season, which kicks you off on like Saturday. You racing. Yeah. So that is kicking off in Bahrain this Saturday at 7 o'clock local time. All right. Well, for our Timbers, I am sure that sponsors are lining up. We love our Timbers here in the Portland area. So who wouldn't want to have their logo on those jerseys? Oh, absolutely. They're beautiful jerseys, too. Saint Dositheus of Palestine, born in the 6th century, is venerated as a saint by the Catholic, Orthodox, and Coptic churches. Considered the patron saint of Gaza, his feast day is celebrated today and only in the leap year days. Dositheus' life began with a military career. Since Palestine was part of the Byzantine Empire, it is believed that he served as a soldier in the service of Constantinople. While campaigning in Golgotha, Dositheus came across a painting depicting the torments of hell. Now, this image moved him so deeply, caused him to reflect on his life and his future. Shocked by the vision, Dositheus renounced his military career and decided to dedicate his life to God. He returned to his native Gaza and became a monk devoted himself to prayer and meditation and study of scripture. And his example soon inspired many others to follow the monastic path, devoting themselves to the contemplative life, but also to the welfare of the community. After his death, St. Dositheus was soon recognized as a saint and is considered one of the patron saints of Gaza. His feast day is celebrated today February 29th, and next year, not moved to any other date. It's just not going to be recognized until leap year comes around again very soon. And considering all that it is happening in the Middle East, I think it is a perfect, perfect opportunity to pray for the intercession of St. Dothesiath uh, for uh, peace in uh, Israel. Absolutely. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. 
Well, during the Lenten season, people are called to participate in the spring campaign for 40 Days for Life. And this Saturday at St. Paul in Silverton, their Respect Life Ministry is hosting a mass celebrated by Father Theo Lang. This mass is a mass of life and they will be celebrating that afterwards. They will all go and rally together and pray. Your physical presence is an important aspect of standing up for life in our community. For more events in our Catholic community, go online, matradayradio.com. There we have the entire community calendar of events, and you can even find it on our free Hail Mary media app. All right, Eric. So what are you going to do on this bonus leap day today, February 29th? Uh, Of course, I've got a list of some things that you can do. We're going to talk about those coming up in today's second cup. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. A common charge atheists level at Christians is that their faith is blind. That's to say, their belief is without evidence. How is a Christian to respond? Well, first, Christianity doesn't demand that someone believe without evidence. For example, John writes in John 20, 31, Jesus' signs are written that you may believe. John sees his testimony of Jesus' miracles as sufficient evidence to merit rational belief by those who couldn't see him perform the signs. Second, The charge takes evidence as that which is personally verified. But if that were the only evidence worthy of belief, then we would have to reject the practice of science, since we can't personally verify every scientific conclusion made prior to us. But that's absurd. So the charge that Christian faith is blind faith is unfounded, and thus not a reason to reject Christianity. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. Time and again, we hear from grateful listeners who tell us their faith lives have been nourished by Mater Day Radio. We hope these wonderful testaments to our spirit-filled broadcast never cease. You can help ensure the future of our broadcast by naming Mater Day Radio as a beneficiary in your will or other forms of estate planning. By leaving a legacy to Mater Day Radio, you are supporting a gospel message of prayer and hope heard by thousands of listeners every day. Learn more about our estate planning options at materdayradio.com. 42 here at Mater Day Radio. High of 43, low of 34 today. Rain all day. And every time that we do a news break, there are snowflakes falling what? behind me. But then by the time that I read out the weather, they're gone. So that wintry mix may come and go. It's definitely going to come Friday night, Saturday morning, even sometime 
Sunday, real snowfall in the mountain ranges. No accumulation is expected down here in the valley. Thunderstorms possible through the rest of the day. Currently, it is 40 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it's 38 degrees with light rain at St. Edward's in Kaiser. The show's not quite over, so relax and have a second cup of the morning blend. Well, of course, we would have a second cup of coffee on such a uniquely special day that only comes around every four years. It is February 29th. It is Leap Day. Day. I have decided to give myself permission to have all the coffee I want today. That is going to be the way I celebrate it. (laughs) So when, you know, two o'clock rolls around and I got a bad case of the jitters, I'll be ready to hit the roads and go home. Oh, lovely. Well, as long as you're going to be able to sleep tonight, you know, and just, you know, keep yourself caffeinated, I guess. All right. So if you are kids, if you're heading to school, maybe in the car right now, in your van, your teacher might ask you, so kids, why is it that every four years we have a leap day? Eric, you're going to be our teacher this morning again. Explain to our listeners and all of the kids who might get extra bonus points if they know why today is February 29th. Oh, well, kids, every time that we circle around the sun, it takes about 365.23 calendar days to do that. And so in order to make up for that 0.23, depends on how you do the rounding, we add an extra day every four years. Because if we didn't do that, all of a sudden we would notice that things on our calendars don't match up with how the earth is in rotation around the sun. So pretty soon we would start having Christmas and summer. And people in the Southern Hemisphere would actually start having white Christmases. And, well, we can't have that now, can we? So Not unless, uh, yeah, (laughs) you're in Australia. They're like, what? Yeah, you're out of luck if you live in (laughs) Straya. So that's why we adjust our calendars once every four years. We add an extra day to take into account the fact that, you know, that we have fractions of time when we go around during a solar year and to keep ourselves all squared away. We add the 29th day of February once every four years, and this so happens to be one of those years. So 365 days plus six hours, give or take a few minutes. So that's why Pope Gregory modified things a little bit, too, for when we move from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. Uh, The years that are the century years that are divisible by 400, those are not leap years Either or those are leap years as well. So that means that every 400 years, that year is not a leap day either. <laughs> if you get so in the if you were alive in the year 1900, that was not a leap year. Ah, uh, yes, so, math, my favorite subject. But actually, a funny story about leap years in, in elementary school. They always like during rug time. I think this was like first or second rug grade. Time. Rug time. I know, right? We would talk. It was always about learning <laughs> how to tell time and and dates and stuff. And so there's, I don't remember even how it started, but there became this running joke within with all the students about when we were given the the clock face with the hands sure. in order like okay well what time it is 
people would start adding like, well, five days and then they would finally do the time. And so then people just started adding like years, like 26 years, something months and like whatever the, the time displayed was. And then one kid finally piped up and said, actually, all that's wrong because of leap years. And the teacher's like, oh, yeah, you're right. It is. OK. <laughs> and so I don't know. I just think about that every once in a while of like, oh, yeah, <sighs> leap years. Leap years. Throws things off. I uh, remember many a youth night grabbing a carpet square and sitting on the ground of the church uh, hall. And uh, that's uh, that's a good memory. Mm. Uh, carpet time for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, there are some traditions that can be celebrated, kind of some traditional legends that happen on leap days. This one I love. This is from usatoday.com. Listen to this story. One of the more well-known Leap Day custom comes from Ireland. And according to the legend, dating all the way back to the 5th century, good friends St. Bridget of Kildare and St. Patrick agreed on what is known as ladies' privilege. And that means every four years, a woman could propose to a man instead of vice versa. Well, that's so that's fascinating. the rule. So, ladies, huh. today is the day to pop the question. You have apparently <laughs> approval. If, you, if from you're looking Saint for Bridget. a sign, this is it. Apparently, <laughs> I guess if you're listening, Saint Bridget and Saint Patrick say that today is the day that you can use what's called ladies' privilege. Now, if you are Scottish, though, you've got to abide by a little bit different rule. So that tradition made its way to Scotland and Queen Margaret, and of course, not to be confused with. Margaret of Tudor, an earlier one in 1288, she went, oh, well, that is very interesting. But I am going to add this. The ladies who propose must wear a red petticoat under their dress on that day. Huh. So uh, we don't wear petticoats today. So perhaps you could maybe, if you wanted to, though. <laughs> that could be interesting. I, I I wouldn't be opposed to that dress at all. Dress in period costume day for leap day. <laughs> uh, don't you? I like that. And then go propose. Yeah. Wear something red then, I suppose. Ah, okay, maybe yeah. just kind of like a, a red dress. So Red roses. That is, a, that is the rule. So uh, there's a cocktail. Of course, there's always drinking surrounding you. A unique day like today. There's a leap day cocktail. Tell me if you would drink this. Ooh, okay, I'm listening. Uh, it's got Grand Marnay. Okay, I have that. Sweet vermouth. Have that. Gin. Have that. And lemon juice. Ooh, are you really? Are you sure that's called a leap day? Because that seems like that would be way easy to make anytime. It's just a little twist of a martini, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. 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 Yeah. So you, that's the Leap the... Day cocktail. Oh, so that sounds lovely. Uh, well, you'll have to try it and let us know. I, of course, gave up alcohol that's for right, Lent. So I no... gave up video games so I can I can have a, a martini <laughs> variation as I as <laughs> and, I read a book tonight and sit by yourself. OK, <laughs> but of course, no special day. And of course, no morning blend shows seems to go without talking about food. Yes. And they talk about special meals that are prepared. And in some cultures and traditions, they have certain meals that they provide. So according again to the same article, celebrations around the world include serving up a tasty meal in Taiwan. Okay. Daughters on to this day will make a pork dish for their parents and that is to uh, wish them a long life and 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 a good day so huh. a pork dish if you're in taiwan oh i'll eat that oh uh, yeah i'll eat that any day of the week <laughs> absolutely well except for fridays and lent 
Can't do that. I can't do that. But of thankfully, it's today Thursday. Doesn't, yeah, it's Thursday. That's perfect. <laughs> it's funny. I pulled up. A, I was looking up like, oh, are there like other Catholic traditions? Because you mentioned ladies privilege. I was sure. like, OK, that's got me thinking. And so I found this list. Clearly, whoever wrote this list isn't from our area because the very first thing is like, go enjoy the sunlight. And I'm looking outside. We got and I'm like, it's sunlight. foggy right now. <laughs> there is no sun. Not today and, in the Northwest. Yeah, and a lot of them are like, throw a party on Leap Day. I'm like, it's it's the middle of Lent, dog. Mm. Like, I can't, I'm not about to like go and celebrate <laughs> joyously. Dog. I'm waiting till Easter for that. <laughs> So, it's a little out of place. Uh, yeah, okay. So if you're not going outside, they say to make the most of the extra day this year. Uh, while it's supposed to be an early spring, it doesn't seem like it is too much outside, especially if you're in the mountains. In fact, the coast range, they said, got quite a few inches overnight. The system stalled right. over there. They're covered in snow. I think as you're heading up towards Mount Hood, they're getting more snow today. So you might be stuck inside. Maybe, right? yeah. I do feel like it's spring, though, already, because there are daffodils blooming in my backyard right okay. now. Okay. See, that's a perfect yeah, example of it. Springtime. Which means then today the extra day of the year get a jump on your spring cleaning that's a good good rule to do so i did do i've been trying to get like one chore in every day so yesterday i did get all of my stairs vacuumed and i wish that i had a great vacuum that would do stairs really well but none of them seem to work very well but nonetheless all of the stairs in the hallway is all vacuumed up so i'm gonna have to come up with a new chore it probably has something to do with laundry because that is my least favorite chore to do and then this one i love though in the reggio province of italy have you ever been there oh, i've never been outside never the US. never been there so i didn't know about this one but leap years are known as the whales year because inhabitants of the regions have traditionally believed that whales only give birth during leap years so today is a very very special day to celebrate whales uh and italians i suppose so maybe make a special italian meal and invite all your whale loving friends yeah do not take a pilgrimage to florence today honor whales oh uh, and then there's a custom in germany to Ooh, all right decorate a tree for women to decorate birch trees on the leap day with ribbons and place it in front of the house always back to love too in front of of someone that you have a crush on or on your boyfriend's house so uh decorate a little tree put some ribbons on it and then uh wear that red petticoat and propose today ladies <laughs> that apparently is what you're supposed to do today and cook a pork dish for your parents apparently that's it so um, all of those things I'll, it's gonna be a very busy day so i'm glad i'm drinking all the coffee i can oh on yeah today's you gotta soak up that extra day. day and a Look at it, too, as a bonus day to give glory and honor to God, which is what we are all called to do. And so maybe take that time today in special prayer, thanking God and Pope Gregory for giving us this Leap Day. We hope you enjoyed today's second cup. Thank you, Pope Gregory. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Father Thomas Nathy, the pastor of Holy Redeemer Parish in Vancouver, Washington. 
Let us pray the prayer for peace by St. Therese of Lisieux. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, eternal priest, keep your priests within the shelter of your sacred heart, where none may touch them. Keep unstained their anointed hands, which daily touch your sacred body. Keep unsullied their lips, daily purpled with your precious blood. Keep pure and unearthly their hearts, sealed with the sublime mark of the priesthood. Let your holy love surround them and shield them from the world's contagion. Bless their labors with abundant fruit, and may the souls to whom they minister be their joy and consolation here and in heaven their beautiful and everlasting crown. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 8.56 here at Mater Day Radio with one last check of your weather. High of 43, rain all day. We're seeing some scattered snow showers here at the station and you might too it's going to fall to a low of 34 tonight more rain more snow in the mountains currently 40 degrees in the city of roses and closing out our show today here is i am they from the day we are the morning blend right here at mater day radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life My sin was before me, I was swallowed by pride But out of the darkness you brought me to your light You showed me new mercy and opened up my eyes
from the day that is I am they and sees this leap day. It's 8.59. And that is going to wrap it up for us on this bonus leap day. It is Thursday. That means you can live with passion with Father Cedric. And we hope you have a very blessed leap day. God bless you.